Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows, I suppose. I am your host, Jordan Haas. How's it going? I survived a big gauntlet of game shows. I'm very sleepy. Ugh. But, you know, I, I gotta do this episode for you guys because it's a fun episode today. Adam Bell will be joining me in just a bit to talk about Scrabble. But before we get to that, I just want to thank everyone out there uh, who uh, donated or even viewed or shared or anything regarding this game show throwdown that occurred last week. Uh, I, I tried to watch as much as I could and I tried to stop by shenanigans of course could could not make that happen but that's okay uh the good thing is that they raised over six thousand six hundred dollars and it's all thanks to you guys and i just want to say that that's a very impressive donation and congratulations to those guys uh, a lot of heartfelt things and it shows that there is a common good in the world of game shows uh, and and that is something worth noting about. Um, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> the problem is, because we did so many episodes last week, there's not a lot of news for this week. Uh, so I had to really dig to the, the bottom of the barrel here uh, for stuff that I kind of missed. Uh, so, uh, for starters, uh, America Says is starting in the fall. I think I've already brought this up, but... Uh, Game Show Network last month made the announcement that they're taking America Says from Game Show Network and using it season one, which was Higgins's show, uh, over to syndicators. Maybe they'll pair it up with 25 words or less, who knows, uh, and create some some syndicated game shows to, to fill in the void that where Millionaire has ended. Uh, I, I hope they do very well, and this could be a start of a lot more Game Show Network shows showing up. It would not surprise me if, if Common Knowledge uh, is next on the list. Uh, next uh, was this nice viral video. Uh, Marcus Stroman, uh, a baseball player, uh, he, he was a contestant on Figure It Out. No, he wasn't one of those talented people on, on Nickelodeon's Figure It Out. No, he was just in the audience that day, and Amanda Bynes got slimed. And because Amanda Bynes did the the secret slime action, Marcus Stroman, famous baseball player, got a $100 Jeffrey dollar in Toys R Us. Uh, so which I'll make the joke of, I really hope he spent it before they went under. Uh, ha, 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 ha. The economy sucks. And finally, uh, Fremontal news. This is a bit more of a technical news, but I have to bring this up. Fremontal has uh, hired former Red Arrow and Warner Bros. exec Harry Gamsu as it looks to bolster its non-script distribution activities in L.A. The American Gods producer has claimed Gamsu VP of non-scripted content acquisitions based in L.A. He'll manage the U.S.-based content acquisitions team and will be responsible for sourcing new content from across the United States and Canada for development and international distribution. Working with a mix of third-party and Fremontal's in-house producers, Gamsu will explore and negotiate rights for distribution opportunities. Prior to joining Fremontal, Gamsu held a uh, VP for, at Red Arrow Studios International that was formerly at Warner Brothers International Television Production. 
Fremontal today announced two new hires within its international distribution team. Joining the non-scripted team is the new VP, Harry Gamsu, and senior acquisitions mayor, Sierra Clark. Uh, both positions will report to Angela Nellis, v- senior VP of non-scripted for Fremontal's distribution business. Uh, so that's going to be interesting because uh, I know many of you don't know what the hell Fremontal is or why this is a, a, a big deal. Um, uh, basically, the thing is that Fremontal Media is, has the big shakeup right now. And from the looks of things, Fremontal, which by the way owns almost like every game you can think of, so Family Feud, The Price is Right, Let's Make a Deal, Press Your Luck, Card Sharks. They have a lot of games in their in their bank, so so basically to be the keeper of the bank is 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 really interesting. But this is also new ideas. So in the event that they have a new format they want to pitch, uh, these people will be the ones in charge. And this is Warner Brothers International Television. This is Red Arrow, and both of those teams did some really outlandish. And I mean that in a great way, outlandish television shows. Because uh, things like Wahlburgers, uh, what else did Red Arrow do? Uh, I believe they do First Responders Live and uh, maybe Bosch? I think they're also responsible for Bosch, if I'm not mistaken. I think that one is one I need to probably do some research on. So this could be Game Show. This could be something else. So... Fremontal has all these game shows that falls into non-scripted, but this is also going to possibly be reality television shows, documentary filmmaking. So what's to say the direction of the industry is going to go? But I'm I'm a bit curious to see where they go because Fremontal is notorious for a whole lot of shows, and this is a a big thing in the world of game shows. So my eyes are on this, and remember, folks, respect the showrunners. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred Mosher Butts. I'll say that again as you're probably laughing right now. Alfred Mosher Butts is the name of the guy who created a popular game involving 100 square cardboard tiles with letters on them. And each player would draw nine letters and try to come up with words on them. It was called Lexico and it was created to compete against then-popular game Anagrams, which is a distant cousin, twice removed, of modern game Bananagrams. Alfred Mosher Butts wrote a paper called The Study of Games and described the three categories of games. Board games, number games, such as those with dice and playing cards, and letter games, or games that fell into one or more things. Good thing he isn't around to see this podcast, where I have to explain things like Reality Competition Cooking Contest, and Luck-Based Shiny Floor Game. Anyway, Lexico was taken to different companies, such as Parker Brothers and Milton Bradley, and were quickly denied. But, through his own work, he sold copies of the game on his own and was able to break even, enough to recoup his development expenses. So in 1938, he went back to the drawing board, and worked on a board game based on his original Lexico idea, which he called Crisscross Words, where the letters had to fall on a 15 by 15 game board. But, once again, was unsuccessful. Until 1948, when James Bruneau, who had one of the original copies of Crisscross Words, would buy the rights to manufacture the game in exchange for giving Butts the royalty on every unit sold. 
Bruno did not mess with the original rules, aside from making the rules a little bit more simplified and arrangement of the premium double letter and triple letter scores. Above all else, changing the name of the game from crisscross words to Scrabble, a word that means to scratch frantically. The struggle to make it a success for Bruno would not start until 1952, when Jack Strauss, president of Macy's, played it on vacation and was surprised to find the game was not in his department stores. He made a large order, so everyone had to have one, but his domain in 1952 was so large that Bernou sold his manufacturing rights to Long Island Selchow and Reiter, who, in its second year with the rights, did something butts in 1938 and Bruneau in 1948 was unable to do. Sell 4 million copies. The team bought the trademark in 1972. In 1986, the manufacturers were sold to Coleco, famous for the ColecoVision video game console that because of the game crash and its bankruptcy, would be bought up by Hasbro, who now owns the rights to this classic word game. But during this rip-roaring 80s craze, Scrabble was finding its ray on television as a daytime game show, and made its debut on July 1984. Is Scrabble just a game that's cursed to be the game that's stuck on the board game shelf, like Gooey Louie and Mousetrap of all the pieces removed? Or... Did the show have a cultural appeal that even today can be found as one of the most iconic game shows of the 1980s? We're about to find out with my good friend Adam Bell. So let's turn the tables! With me on the line is the man behind super fun Toon Screens. Also a game show friend of mine. Also friend on Twitter. Also funny. Also around. Hey, Adam. Hi. I, I, yeah, I was just going to keep letting you go until until you said my name. <laughs> it's Adam Bell, everyone. Yeah. Hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is the this is a, a simple episode. We uh, you you recently found the podcast uh, thanks to a mutual friend. <laughs> then you I did. Didn't you jumped onto wanting to show up because you enjoy game shows because i enjoy game shows and podcasts and the joining thereof as far as we're concerned this is the only game show podcast it's the only game show podcast i'm aware of and so it's the only game show podcast i have a soda here we're all good we're professional and we also are going to talk about a word game you you wanted a word game show I did. Uh, I'm I'm very fond of words and wordplay and uh, and puns and and dad jokes uh, and and that sort of thing. So so you so, yes. So if you wanted dad jokes and wordplay, there was a game show called Wordplay. You could have done that. There mm, there was there a game show called Wordplay. Yeah, there's a few, and it was basically just all bad puns like that. I mean, is, I mean, that would I mean, of course rally, there was then. a game show called Wordplay. That's like the most basic name for a thing. And then there was a. A Canadian game show called Definition. Uh, mm-hmm. That one had the had the Austin Powers theme, and it was nothing but like uh-huh. really groaner guess the word things. But this one's similar, I guess. The one we're talking <laughs> about today. They had the Austin Powers theme, and yeah, Soul I mean, Bossa Nova this, was was the theme song. I, I I assume this show existed before Austin Powers did. Oh yeah, that's how Mike Myers uh, wanted to use it because he's because he's Canadian and he's a big fan of game shows. 
Uh, yes. Uh, much like his uh, his doppelganger, Tommy Maitland. Yeah. Oh, yes. The host of the Gong Show. The, yes. The wonderful Tommy Maitland. Uh, there, there is a there is a strange resemblance there. I know, I know you're talking about. It must be the nose or the mouth. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, also, he sounds a lot like Fat Bastard from those movies. I'm sorry. Who? Fat Bastard. That's his name. The the, the Scottish guy. That's Can a, you say a funny, that on this podcast? Uh, it's a funny uh, character. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. Is it? Uh, people love. Uh, they, they, he makes a joke. He says to a little person, he says, get in my belly. Hmm. Oh, because he views the little person as like as like food. Yes, because he's fat. Hmm. Because he's because fat people like to eat. That's why they're. F- it's nothing to do with genetics. It's- and and that's the entire joke, huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay, all right. Anyway, he likes game shows, and he do, wanted do think- to have the. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. Hang on. Do you do? You, I just one. Do you think Fat Bastard was his Christian name? Do you uh, think on was- his birth certificate it said <laughs> Fat? I bet it was no like middle like, initial bastard. I bet it's like short for Fattius. <laughs> All right, you got me. Uh, but I do believe, uh, and I bet bastard as in like he was a bastard son, like you know, ba- mm. like out of the family kind of. Oh, Thaddeus Bastardson. Yeah, <laughs> that there you go. You just made a, a joke for Austin Powers Four whenever that comes out. <laughs> I think I think that's that. either going to be. A, I heard it's either going to be a reboot or a uh, young Austin Powers, right? Probably I'll have to do yeah, something or make a oh, joke and happening. get like Daniel Craig on or something. That's happening right after Studio Fifty Five, I think. Oh, and so lots of word games exist in the world of game shows. <laughs> I could name a lot of them, but we're decided to go with the one that people should be familiar with because it's the crossword game you played all your life, but, but never quite never like this. Quite like this. Say it with me, folks. Scrabble! I like the game Scrabble. I, I'm just before we get into like being snarky about it because we typically aren't about these it, games. It doesn't shows. translate. It doesn't translate as well to a crowd chant as say Wheel of Fortune. There's nothing. Ex- it's, when I see Scrabble, I mean a lot of people love Scrabble in the game show, and I understand why because it's the word play, it's the word guessing game. It's very quick, very fast paced, a wonderful game show. The uh, there's barely anything Scrabble related other than quote unquote tiles, and the board system is based <laughs> off a of Scrabble board, so pink and the blue. The presence of words. Yes. Um, uh, I, I I feel like. Merv Griffin's crosswords has more in common with actual Scrabble than this game show. <laughs> oh no, the spoilers, which could be the same as when you're early playing Scrabble when a dog shows up or a baby. <laughs> uh, so Scrabble is the crossword game you played all your life and never quite like this. Uh, <clears throat> this is fun because in the pilot of the 1990s with Steve Edwards, which is uh, something worth noting because you know, he was an L.A. newscaster for a while. But the one that everyone knows is the one that was basically everything, which is the 84 pilot to 1990 to when USA Network re-ran these episodes. So it came back in 1993. It is Scrabble with one Charles Woolery. <sighs> I, I feel bad. I feel bad bringing this into your house again. I mean, I already Because I feel did. like you have had to deal with the elephant in the room, the, the actual literal Republican elephant in the room, Chuck Woolery, for 
I don't know, several episodes past. Uh, he, um, we're giving you the blunt force truth here. Uh, <laughs> he's not a good person these days. Uh, he, I think his his brain melted a bit. Um, I, it's all I, those hot studio lights. Yes. Uh, he also had some anti-Semitism in, in 2017. And uh, he can't spell guilty recently. <laughs> he can't spell guilty. That happened right, right. Not, not bef- to date the episode too much. Right before. Uh, and he doesn't know love. And he thinks love connection is not a game show. It, it, it looks like. I mean, one. is it? It certainly looks like a game show. But I mean, any any cheaply produced daytime talk show sort of looks like a game show if you think about it. So let me just tell you right off the bat. I can name on top of my head every Chuck Woolery joint. Because that's how I know about these things. Listen, you host this podcast? Yes. I believe you. So, well, first we'll start in the 70s. He did Wheel of Fortune. He was the first Wheel of Fortune host, Susan Stafford. He left because he thought it was not going to last. <laughs> he he uh, made the biggest mistake of his career because <laughs> that replacement was Pat Sajak, who's also a Republican, denies climate. True. But at least has now a Guinness World Record in his belt. So Pat, Pat Sajak has the good goddamn sense not to have a, his own right wing radio show. The, he uh, save us Chuck when Woolery he's not when Fortune. he's not filming Wheel of Fortune. No, usually he just counts his money and tries to say I'm not paying taxes, which is like okay, sure that makes <laughs> makes sense. You're rich and you don't want to pay taxes. Okay. <laughs> so after that, in the '81, uh, I he left Wheel. And tried to, his hand to do uh, some television shows, and then came back in the mid '80s with Love Connection, which is a game show. It's it's a game show, folks. It's a game show. I don't care what he says. It's a game show. The, I feel like is Love Connection a game show is a question akin to is a hot dog a sandwich? Well, I feel like you could. I feel like you could ask a hundred. Like this is be a great. Well, not not Family Feud. Because it doesn't really work like that. But you could ask 100 people and get 100 different answers, I feel like. That's going to be a brand new game show because we asked 100 people. And everyone's going to think it's Family Feud or Pointless or one of these shows. I say, isn't, isn't that uh, called America Says? I haven't actually no, seen America that. No, America Says is... America Says is some like, like Family Feud, but it's kind of like word association. Which I think is something you would probably enjoy. So it's something huh. like... Uh, it's a team of four versus team of four. And it's things like, when I think of the circus... I think of blank and then you see seven words and it's like animal e. cruelty. Yeah. Then you see E in a blank and then you see C in a blank and then you see, uh, then you see, uh, uh, a in a blank and everyone goes down the line. So they say things like elephant circus, uh, trapeze, uh-huh. lion right. tamer, all the thing. And they, there's no strikes. It just keep going. You have time. Oh geez, okay. Yeah, that could, that could that could be nifty, I guess. It, it's hosted by John Michael Higgins. John Michael, H- do I? Am I supposed to know? You you, you should know who John Michael Higgins is. Who's he, John he's, Michael Higgins? John Michael Higgins. He, so, he, sound, he sounds like an heir to some kind of family fortune. Kind of. Uh, have you? Okay, so for, first off, I will tell you how I know him, and then okay. second, I'll tell you how mainstream people will know him as. John Michael Higgins was the David Letterman in The Late Shift. Nope. Okay. Because he did a David Letterman impression in like the early 90s. No, a lot okay. of people would know him because of his later career where he basically, um, 
was in Pitch Perfect. He was John Smith and Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, the guy yeah, the, the guy who wasn't the you know other let's judge, at the dinner the one table. Who wasn't Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, yes, yes, Elizabeth Banks, the new host of Press Your Luck. Right. <laughs> and by the time this airs, that episode probably already aired, and well, we're gonna assume Elizabeth Banks did a great job. <laughs> you know, I bet she did. I, I think she uh I, I think she's probably very well suited for that. Also, if you don't know, uh, he also is the voice of Grape Ape in Har- Harvey Birdman. There. Okay. You, helped you out, folks. Grape Ape in Harvey Birdman. So, so yeah, John Michael Higgins hosts uh, America Says. It's on Game Show Network. Uh, with, I think common knowledge. They're putting it back to back. Uh, and it's a fun little game. I like it. So so I think we ask 100 people, is hot dog a sandwich? I say it is because there's a bun and there's a meat or a filling of some kind. So that is. It is. Mm-hmm. And they'll mm-hmm. say the same thing about taco if you're going to say taco because they're both some sort of grain-like consistent. Anyway. Interesting, interesting. So so for me, I say Love Connection is a game show because think dating game, but in reverse. Everyone goes on the date. Now, who gets the second date? That That's the show. It's like, now that you know ahead of time what the dates were like, <laughs> who do you think the audience goes? And if you match it, you win. It's a game what, show, What do Chuck. they win? Uh, 84. After Love Connection... Basically ended. Uh, well, no, no, he did that ended in the nineties. Uh, he did a version, another spelling game show called Scrabble. Then he did the dating game. Then he did the dating game in the nineties. I think that was uh, around the time Brad Sherwood tried it, and then became the one that people kind of vaguely remember now, which is Greed. Mm-hmm. Which a uh, shout outs to Bob Bowden and Dick Clark Productions. Thanks for creating Greed. Yeah, it, uh, if and it's then not Greed, later, then I guess. It's- Greed, the multi-million dollar challenge. Yeah. Uh, and then Lingo, which we've already covered. Please check out that episode. Uh, hi, Danny. <laughs> You're probably listening to this right now going, oh, no, is the leftist going to talk about Chuck Woolery meanly again? Yes. <laughs> yes, he is a bad person. Horrible. You know what? You should, we should probably just, I don't know, fast forward the next couple minutes. <laughs> He's a horrible, horrible guy. Uh, I, he is... Look, it's oh, look, we're okay. Everyone has differences opinions. Like uh, some people here don't like Nightwing, for instance. But you know what? We're not here to talk about Nightwing, and we're not here to talk about Chuck Woolery. We're here to talk about Scrabble. I'm um, no well, Chuck Woolery is the host. I'm sure he's <laughs> but there. Anyway, so when you think Scrabble, the the classic crossword word game, there's tiles, there's numbers associated with that. They also are like worth one point. Q's and Z's are worth like eight points. And you're thinking, oh, boy, it's going to be like a battle with who can make the biggest words and score the most points. No, 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 no. See, this is the crossword game you played all your life, but never quite like this. No. It must have been said by, like, nine people. Like, they just had, like, like, this is probably, like, at the end of, like, their eighth tape day, and they just had, like, a paid audience. And it's like, oh, shit, we forgot to do the intro. Can we get everyone to say Scrabble? I mean, do you actually think they have the audience record it live? No, I, I think they, they just had it. it like day one of tape yeah. day one and went, yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they just have a recording they, they play, but they couldn't get a better recording than, oh. The only <laughs> thing they the, did live the really is, probably the, is probably the the introduction sequence. When you start the show, uh, right. you get a, a nice little pun and like introduction. Like... Uh, yeah, they're always in the hole. They're always in the hole, and then you, and then you see mouse. 
and that's it. It's the crossword game you play all your life. <laughs> We're never quite like this. Jordan, I I hate to bring this up. You sound like you're slowly dying. I I feel this show kills me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know people love this show a lot, but I I am never fond of Scrapple because there's a lot of things that go wrong. Clearly, Chuck doesn't give a shit. They record like maybe like nine episodes a day because it's half hour and it's very quick. And, and like the writer's room is always like just doing the worst puns because it's like sure the one we the, saw the, tonight the puns are very good they always take the cake burglars burglars <laughs> to which chuck woolery had to spend a good 30 seconds almost topping the entire game going i don't get it he stopped well, like he stopped and berated the writers like looking off camera <laughs> And the guy's going, because they take things. <laughs> he, he he does that not infrequently, I'll say. It's uh, if, you, if you watch any number of these episodes. That is the thing I will say I like about Scrabble, and I will say a positive about Chuck Woolery about this. Sure. And I don't normally give props to Chuck Woolery. Folks, this is... I mean, you can separate there from the artist. You could, like Greed, for instance. But for, for Scrabble... I think this is his best game show. I will say right now, uh, between Lingo, Greed, Love Connection, Wheel of Fortune, Scrabble is the best Chuck Wallery game show host. The reason I, being, I think you made me right. it's such a relaxed game, even more relaxed than Lingo, that he has yeah. the time to basically go, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, he, he, has, he has time to sort of improv and react to things around him. Whereas Lingo, yeah, is just so low key. He barely has anything to do. Uh, Which, like, n- not not a knock against Lingo. I I love Lingo. It's a really fun show. But yeah, he he. I felt I feel like he's wasted on that show, and not like like he's had a bout of high spirits. He's off drinking, wasted. But like he's he doesn't really add anything. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Chuck. Uh, it's like you, like you paid for Chuck Woolery, and that must have cost you a pretty penny because, I mean, it's Chuck Woolery. It's a name that people in the game show world know. And this is this new word game. This is called Scrabble, and you know what Scrabble is. It's the crossword game you played all your life, but never quite like this. Scrabble. Are we gonna do this again? <laughs> I keep saying that. That's the. If anything else, I want you to remember that introduction sequence because, to me, not only that, not only that, I have, I have a theme song. I've, I've sung. I'm gonna. Sing I was gonna. It. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask if you were gonna do the theme song because you know you've built this intro up quite a lot. All right. So here it is. Uh, this is my uh, introduction of the Scrabble theme song. This is new and improved. You already heard the Scrabble theme song in the beginning of the podcast. Let's hear it again. I would like to remind everyone that at this point, we still have not heard the mechanics of this particular game show. We will. Here we go. (laughs) Scrabble. 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 I guess we'll play Scrabble. 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 I guess we'll play Scrabble. That's the new Scrabble theme. I want you to think about that as you think of two executives in the NBC room for daytime lineup. Uh, What game show should we make? Scrabble? Scrabble. Scrabble. Scrabble? Scrabble. Scrabble. 
so well you, i hope you're happy with yourself i am very happy very very happy so here's how scrabble works <clears throat> they had different formats so we have to deep breath <clears throat> So in the, I'm going to go off the one that people don't are not familiar with. In the first two weeks, contestants played for money in the pot that starts at 25 bucks. Each correct letter was worth 25 bucks to the pot, while the colored squares added more money to the pot. Blue were worth 50, pink were worth 100. The winner of the crossword won all the money in the jackpot, plus the chance to win triple value in the Scrabble sprint. It was dropped in favor of the $500 prize for winning crossword. And then for three months in 1985, contestants not only had to say the correct word, they also had to spell the correct word as well, one letter at a time. This was also when contestants were required to buzz in to guess, similar to the format used in the first two weeks. Regular squares add I'm 50, sure blue 100, pink 200, but later became 500 bucks. In one episode, two contestants repeatedly failed to spell the word mosquitoes, despite knowing it was the correct answer. This rule was abandoned in the fall of 85. In Scrabble Sprint, the crossword winner, now dubbed the challenger, had a choice of one or two envelopes containing three words, pink or blue. The Sprint champion got whatever was left. The challenger had to set the time while the champion had to beat the time. If the Sprint champion got all three of their words before the clock hit zero, they remained the champion. Then the crossword winner took over as the Sprint champion. Winner of the Sprint got 1500 bucks, or triple value of the pot in earlier weeks. Later, both contestants played the same three words. Later, four. The champion was isolated offstage, out of sight, out of hearing, while the challenger had to set the time. The sprint champion could win five times in a row, because this is what you were talking about. They win an extra 20 grand. If they did it twice, which is 10 games, that's another 20 grand for a potential hmm. grand total of 55,500 bucks. That is not small potatoes. Later, it's changed to having a chance wins up to 20000 for the first five wins and up to 40000 for 10 because they don't want to pay the money. But now we'll go into format two, which is basically the one that people know about. This is 86 edition because of the tournament that played before the game. Before the show, home viewers sent an opening home viewer word. So, for instance, <clears throat> it puts you in stitches. Surgeon! It's the crossword game you played all your life but never quite like this. Scramble. Anyway, they win the t-shirt. <laughs> what a prize. Thank you for that that charming clue. We get a t-shirt. Then it's played with a pair. It's almost like a tournament-style game. And this is the one people will know of. Uh, so what happens is that there is uh, a big set of tiles. Uh, usually it's whatever's the amount of letters in the word plus three. And that's going to be very important because those are what we call stoppers. So, for instance, a six-letter word will have nine tiles. An eight-letter word will have 11 tiles. It could be any sort of tiles. Uh, so what happens is the best three of five win in this game of Scrabble. What you do is you pick two number tiles. You don't know what those letters are until you drop them into the computer. Then you see the two letters, and it could be anything from like a C and a T to two A's to a Z and a Q or anything, really. I think if you get the Z and the Q, you're you're pretty much screwed. And you get to play any of those two. Once you play one, you must play the other before drawing another tile. But be careful if the letter is not in the word. That's called a stopper, and you lose your turn, and it passes to the opponent. If you know the word, you buzz in, and you say the word. If it's right, you win the round. If you get it wrong that's considered a wrong answer and it goes to your opponent and if there's three stoppers then we do a speed round where the letters just start flashing one letter at a time until someone buzzes in and solves the puzzle 
It's like a Wheel of Fortune toss-up round. Before it even happened. Think about that. The toss-up yeah. before the toss-up. Also, there's now a bonus. Now, if it's a pink, it's worth $1,000. And if it's a blue, it's $500. And guess you what? should say, if the, uh, if, the, if the letter that you choose ends up in a pink or blue space and you solve the word at that point, you get bonus money. You do. And the, and the pink and blue is related to where it is placed on a Scrabble board. So that's the very loosely way of how it's related to Scrabble. The values of the bonus blocks. That's it. Nothing else. I mean, that's all you really need, right? The, the, you know, the, like a double letter or a triple letter. So it's 500 or 1,000 bucks. And this is yours to keep no matter what happens. So I figure like that's actually like, you know, they actually will throw away some big money on the show because it's 500 here, 1,000 here. And because it's Chuck Woolery and he does not give a shit. I'm going to remind people, Chuck <laughs> Woolery does not give a shit. <laughs> this is why the show works. He basically will tell people, like, if there's two letters left and there's, like, three tiles and there's two stoppers, you might as well just draw a couple of tile blocks. Maybe one of them's the bonus. <laughs> like, he's edging them into winning money. When you know every producer's sure. like, ah, oh, Jesus, Chuck, no, that's not our 500 bucks we got to throw away. <laughs> I mean, listen, you watch the show so the people win money. It, it's, it makes for good TV. So here's Chuck, and I'm gonna say that's why I think it's good. Is he doesn't because he, he doesn't want not he doesn't want to be there. It's just he knows how like this is just a a hacky job production or something. Oh sure, and Chuck is like Chuck is like fuck it, man. I'm getting paid either way. So you know what? You might as well draw. Uh, <laughs> there's eight and nine. Pick eight and nine, and then the one we saw also had some uh, technical difficulties. Which is going to be basically a whole point of Scrabble, too. <laughs> uh, because uh, in, in many versions, like the pilot and in the show itself, the rotating cube <laughs> broke down multiple times. The whole set piece is supposed to be like two podiums standing behind a wall. It looks like bathroom tile, but it's not supposed to. It's supposed to look like the Scrabble board. And then you have this rotating Scrabble cube where there's a projector screen that shows the board, which is what the main game board is. You have another uh, Scrabble board. Then you have the Scrabble sprint board, which is just like nine little television monitors. And then you have a crossword square that looks like the Scrabble board, and you don't see it. The only time you see it is in the opening sequence. Scrabble. Scrabble. Oh. Um, so whoever wins, best three of five, win. Now, no, no, there's a catch, too. After three word games, because they typically take about 45 seconds to play, 45 to a minute, a little like knockout ding ding noise plays, and that starts the speed round no matter what happens, which means we're running out of time in this act, so now we're going to play every word one letter at a time. If you buzz in, you get it right. That counts as a round win, so three out of five wins that way too. They really do not like to waste time on this show. And the bonus count still so you can stop when it hits a blue or pink and still get the bonus that's how it works and then you we t cut to commercial then we go to our second act where it's the bonus sprint in the bonus sprint uh they have basically to to get uh, a few letters uh they, everyone gets the same i think five words it's five words and the first contestants on the clock which basically means it counts up so one two three four five six seven eight nine ten and in this round, they get shown... <laughs> oh, good. You're like Chuck. You're counting out the money again. Yeah. 
ding, 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 ding. Uh, so it, it, when there's five words, uh, they they get to choose between two tiles. It's basically like speed version of, of, of the Scrabble main game. But there's no, mm-hmm. there's no stoppers in this time. So now every letter is in this word. And it's complete with the same puns. For for instance, for, for for instance, they're always clowning around Congress. Am I right? Am folks? I right, folks? Hey, folks! Political satire. Come to see here. Uh, try try the veal. Hey, I'm a comedy man. Going to workshop my jokes. That's my job. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about that guy? So, what we saw was a student, like a theater student, which is like, okay, that's nice. You're you're an acting student. They never really do that anymore here. And then the other one is a comedy workshop, like guy. Like his job is he work. He and I was thinking at first, you know, like like a UCB or a Groundlings, like one of these theater troops where it's let's do skits, let's do sketch comedy. Uh, borderline illegal uh, scam stand-up comedy schools. and But the, no, this guy describes his job more like a comedy therapist? It's like a therapist. It's not, we're not really doing stand-up. We're telling... We're basically getting them to tell jokes and letting out their frustration. And Which, I'm sitting here, I mean, sure. So so we now know where Bill Burr got his comedy career started. <laughs> or Nick the Polo. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's a comedian? Uh, yeah, believe it or not, if you check out his Wikipedia page, uh, right right there, it says actor, stand-up comedian, television I'm host. I'm citation for that. Yeah. You know, the, the fun part here is you don't get a cover for your factor, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> so in the bonus sprint, after the five words, whoever, uh, the, the clock is stops, and it could be like 30 seconds, because it's very quick. It's like 30 seconds, 40 seconds-ish, and then we cut to commercial. Then we do it again with two new contestants. Yeah, two more Yay. people, and we play the same game again. Best two, uh, first three or five wins. Same with the speed rounds. Same with the bonuses. And whoever wins that game, we go to Act Four, and they get to do the Scrabble Sprint again. But this time around, they're not having their clock go up. Now the clock is going down based on what the first player, the first champion, had his time in. If he can get the same five words, and it's the same exact five words, complete with a tile selection, tile rotation, all that, they can they get to go to the big bonus round. And the they big... get, like, some amount of money also before they go to the bonus round. Yes, they get uh, they get $1,000. They get grand, by the way. So just so, just so we're clear here, the same price for winning Scrabble is the same amount of money as winning a pink Square in the Scrabble Sprint. It's not in Scrabble Sprint. The uh, the the main game, the main Scrabble right. game, which we did, we didn't even call it like anything. It's not like make a Scrabble or main game or. I think they just call it Scrabble. So then we go to the bonus like the sprint. main round. Bonus Sprint is played exactly like the Scrabble Sprint round, but with one slight tweak. They just have to get two words in ten seconds. Same calling out letters. Same hitting the buzzer. Or sorry, they call it a plunger. Yes. Plunger. And if they get it right, they, they advance the second word. If they get that second word right, they win the jackpot, which starts at $5,000 and goes up $1,000 for every time it isn't won. But be careful. The penalty, which is in this bonus sprint, also holds true in the Scrabble Sprint main game, where if you guess incorrectly, you just ring in, you, you hiccup or anything else, you buzz in and go, ah, I don't know. 
you lose 10 seconds. 10 seconds. So in other words, if you bonus sprint and you guess incorrectly at any point, the game ends. No matter That's what why happens, you have to be the, fast, but you have to be very careful. And no matter what happens, that champion, the winner of Scrabble, continues to play the next game in the first round against someone else, and another two players proceed after him or her or whatever. The show was so successful because champions stayed on the show until they won five days or were defeated. That that that, that was the exciting part. <laughs> That's it. Returning champions for five days now. No, no more 10 or 20 that you're thinking of. No, five days. Five and that's it. I mean, I think the exciting part is seeing Chuck Woolery, uh, a garbage human being, uh, rake his staff of writers over the coals uh, when they come up with some pun that doesn't quite rise to his level or just one that he doesn't understand, which does happen sometimes, too. What does take the cake mean for burglars? I mean, it's a fair question. No, no, Why would they... burglars and, take and, and, things. No, They're burglars. I, no, I understand that, but he and he does make made uh, he did make sort of a joke uh, out of it on the uh, episode we watched, which was like, "Hey, yeah, Marty, don't forget the cake on your way out." Like seriously, why would why would a burglar rob you for a cake? The, I understand the pun, but you see, it's okay. So <laughs> I'm going I'm going to remind you here. <clears throat> it's the crossword game you played all your life, but never quite like this. Oh, shit, I jumped the gun. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so uh, just for laughs, uh, I'm going to look back. Uh, so I, I have a, I, I open up because this, I don't think this is going to be in the links. I look up for one of the most depressing game show message boards out there, the game show forum. And I, I checked the board, and they came up with a few Scrabble clues on their own. And some of these are joke oh answers. These are all supposed to be jokes. Oh, dear. Occasionally, it gets the last word. Period. Thanks, what? Mike. <laughs> what? Because the end of a sentence. It doesn't, but it's... <sighs> well, also, when you say something like, period, in a story. Sure. Uh, here, here's another one. They have to make major decisions. Generals? Students. Okay. Because university and college. Sure. Yeah, no, I got that. That, that That's not bad. That's, that's the kind of stuff you can expect to see on Scrabble. <laughs> I'm just trying to remind you, this is basically this is the entirety of the show here. If you Are think you this is bullshit and looking and for Scrabble questions? Like, this is some Scrabble questions. Here you go. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, it, a no-brainer. Moron. Thanks, Christian. All right. Uh okay let's go with one last one because i think if we just keep doing this this is just going to be bad uh oh here yeah there's some pop culture ones too sometimes we had alcatraz in this episode he worships idols seacrest remember american idol folks good show right that that is a that is another way in which the show differs from scrabble you know you can they, they do occasionally use like proper proper nouns for uh for words yes and and uh that's illegal that's a legal clue in jeopardy you you will get tossed out in fact i think they take your they confiscate your board um so so here's the last one (laughs) the last one this is fun i i i'm just gonna give a shout out in this is the last page uh, a last page one here we go it's always a blast from the past 
throwback. Okay. Yeah, it's Scrabble. <laughs> anyway, so the show ended after four seasons. I feel like maybe I should have done some show prep here. So the show ended after four seasons. No, 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 I just want to keep bringing that up because if you how boring that was, that's the show. So the show ended. Well, all right. The show ended. The show ended. The show went away. Bye-bye. Bye-bye show. I feel attacked. In 1990. <laughs> But it aired in reruns on the USA Network, and it got some traction that NBC decided to try it again in 1990. Once again, uh, with with the Scrabble Cube. In fact, if you go to the Game Show Wiki, there's a photo of the Game Show Cube. Like, it's silly. <laughs> like, just standing out in the parking lot. It's great. Oh, wow. There it is. That's the cube. That's not, not the cube, the Game Show, the cube. The Scrabble Cube, the famous... Don't, don't where, you... where, where is this cube today? Can I? Is this on eBay? Can I? Just um, click through. I don't. Hey, Bob, Bob Bowden, if you're listening to this, can you uh, tell me where the Scrabble Cube is? Listen, I'm not paying for shipping on this thing. We need to know if there is a Scrabble Cube. Uh, so uh, there was a Scrabble sign. Also, anyway, so so they brought it back in 1990, and they decided to play it like the one that we just talked about with the fun puns and great wordplay and now if you get a but there's one little twist now if you get a blue or a pink you still get 500 or 1000 dollars added to the jackpot you don't get it actually that goes to the jackpot my bad so in the jackpot of the of the new scrabble uh it 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 basically is is just it just starts at like a thousand and goes up every day and with the money associated the most it ever was on the show by the way was twenty thousand five hundred bucks that's kind of a uh it's kind of a different tag they took sort of like when family feud in the 90s introduced the bullseye round yeah because the well originally it was like one thousand uh three thousand five thousand then they decided to just go straight hog wild into one thousand two thousand three thousand four thousand five thousand with that and uh you should see the family feud challenge when they introduced that it is wonky <laughs> Like it's uh, it didn't work out. Gene Wood does not understand. Also, uh, did you know the show had three different announcers? In the pilot in 1984, it was Rod Roddy, famous uh, game show announcer. Rod Roddy. Uh, yeah, yeah, Rod Rod Roddy. He of the 17 O's in his first name. Rod Roddy. He also did uh, Press Your Luck and The Price Is Right. The Price Is What? Price is right. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that show. That's uh, the I would do a well, I do a pricing game spotlight, a 110 part series. Look at every pricing game on the Price is Right. It's a game show with uh, with uh, predicting the the manufacturer's suggested retail price of prizes, and if you're closest without going over, you win them. I, uh, you know, I don't think that's gonna last. Uh, then the second uh, announcer was one Jay Stewart. Now, Jay Stewart is an iconic game show host. I would say, uh, he announced things like Let's Make a Deal. He was uh, Tic-Tac-Doe, The Joker's Wild, uh, the original Jeopardy, too. He was also an announcer for Jeopardy for a while. Uh, original Card Sharks guy, Sale of the Century. So he had a reputation for game shows. He also hosted By the Numbers, a game show that probably no one's ever heard of, except for me. Uh... And then in the last part, this is going to be silly for you. <clears throat> Charlie Tuna was the Elsa the announcer from 85 yeah, onward. Yeah, I is 
Is the guy literally a tuna? Is is he was he like a mascot for some tuna brand? It's not, well, he kind of used an that announcer. as his radio name. He's an LA disc jockey. Okay. But yeah, it's like it's Charlie Tuna. You're not. You're, he's not being like, "Hey, baby, you know you gotta get some delicious tuna can." You gotta get some Charlie oh, Tuna. No, get some. And then, hey, can you do that? And then sound like a, a pelican for for Vlasic pickles. Oh yeah, okay. They yeah, sound right. alike, don't they? <laughs> At least to me, they do. And he announced things like scattergories uh, and new battle stars in E3. Uh, and that, that was kind of a, a, a Scrabble. And it is Scrabble. Scrabble. Sorry, Scrabble. The new Scrabble, 1990, it ended. It ended, uh, I believe, in 1993? Like, I'm going to say 90. The 93 revival. It ended in 90, revived in 93, and they had a new theme song, and that's when they did the weird jackpot rule, and it ended after one season. Did I mention they also had the cube and it broke down a lot? Well, you know, not all game show revivals are meant to be. Okay. Uh, so here, here here's... The other uh, fun thing, uh, so 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 let me read off some of the game show wiki news here. This is a, a fun one. Ready? Oh, boy. On the first finale in 1990, when they realized the show was coming to an end, Chuck mentioned that the sign that said Scrabble was held by thin wires and feared that he was going to lose his neck if the sign was going to come down on him. It never did, though. The 84 pilot did not have a sign. Instead, its superimposed blue logo appeared in its place during the opening and closing. Also, ninety and ninety-three revival never had a sign either. There you go. Instead, it just had like something on the floor. Imagine the alternate universe where it did fall and hit Chuck Woolery in the head, and he never got to host Lingo. Well, then, uh, congratulations to let's see, Uh, Todd Ferguson, Todd Newton. Yeah, Todd Newton would have gone it. Kennedy, which is another wonk, but still. Uh, it was the, the, the dude from Chain Reaction? Yeah, yeah. oh, uh, Dylan Lane. Sure. Uh, <laughs> he, see, he seems well-suited for lingo. You have, to, you have to read one word. Yeah, that seems about your speed. But, and I know what you're saying. It's Scrabble. That game is based oh. off a board game. What if we can have an Inception moment and there was a home game based off the game show based off <laughs> the board game? I would play the hell out of that. Well, get ready, cause you know what? There's TV Scrabble. I'm not kidding. That was there was TV Scrabble. Oh no, man! I listen. I believe you. <laughs> that yeah. show was immensely popular. It was. It was NBC's uh, tra- uh, meal ticket for a while. Yeah. And and we, we watched it because we watched a taped episode uh, straight from NBC. There were they were promoting classic concentration. They were promoting uh, soaps. All the good stuff. And the question is, what's the takeaway to Scrabble? What do we do? Should we bring it back? Should we bring back Scrabble? I mean, yes, obviously. Okay. Who do, we, who do we revive Scrabble with? Who's the host that that fits into Scrabble? Uh, well, do you want Chuck Woolery back? Because <laughs> the real first mm, question nope. here. Nope. Uh, I'm going to say no. Do you bring Bill Engvall in to steal another show for him? Or <laughs> uh, I, I, I have to admit. I haven't seen much of Bill Engvall's performance on Lingo, uh, but they did add similar Scrabble-type clues to Lingo words during his run. And Stopper Ball, which... Oh, and Stopper Balls. Now, so, I, I, oh, yeah, I should probably this out. I should probably They're called Stopper Balls because, yes, they stopped the term, but when they would play like the, the sound effect, like a boo, 
it would also display on the podium uh there was these three oct uh octagons that were red so it'd be stop signs hence stop burst yes. As, you know, a, little, a great little animation that goes with it, too. And whenever they uh, choose letters to go into their words, also great little animation and sound effects. Like, that was half the reason I loved the show as a kid and uh, yeah, even so remember when it. When you pick a letter, it dis- it's an overlay to the graphic, and it goes, like, left to right, and you see, like, a... It's like a... <laughs> it's like a... I-, I can't even do it. It's too fast. Or up and down... And then sometimes if it's a stopper, it's just imagine like you're shaking a rubber chicken. I, I feel like that's sort of the <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if you're choking the chicken, choking a rubber chicken, you will have a similar sound effect. Also, uh, I'm now going to break the fourth wall here, folks. I uh, hate to tell this, Adam, but um, the game show. Uh, did you know that's not really a computer? The what? So when they drop the tile. That doesn't like add it to the computer. What? Yeah. So, so on every clue, basically a stagehand back there in the electronics has a page with every number and what letter that corresponds with. That's why when you see when they're when they're calling, they say, "I'll take four and seven. so they know to display what's the four, which might be a J, and what's the seven, which might be a P. Jordan, you're blowing my mind. And then when they say P, that's when they start the graphic package. The now the thing is chuck wallery only knows the 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 prompt the the silly punt and what the actual answer is because that's all he needs mm-hmm. really sure you, you don't want to give the host more information than he needs and uh he's only there for just like the 500 and the thousand mark bonus which is big money theoretically now, now that i think about it you can get three grain on that show in the first round if they have a couple of pinks so so now that I broke your mind, it's not really a computer, even though there is a a, a television screen that displays the letters. Uh, I should next also, you're gonna uh, tell. Me, I feel like next you're gonna tell me the actors on Power Rangers weren't the same people that were in the costumes fighting, but I know that's crazy. Uh, you should. Yeah, I mean that, that's not true. I, I, just watch Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, makes perfect sense. Why would the eight-year-old suddenly be six feet tall? You know why wouldn't he? Uh, the morphing grid can do incredible things. Movie magic. Uh. And it also displays one of my favorite things. Whenever there's a bonus, the blue or the pink, the $500, $1,000 bonus, he counts the money. You know, one, two, three, four, $500, which is a which didn't star on this show, but is a trademark, I feel, for, for the Scrabble game show. Something sure. that would later show up in games like, say, Snoop Dogg Presents the Joker's Wild. You, what? Snoop Dogg Presents the Joker's Wild. No, I mean, I heard all the words that you said, and I understood them, but they didn't make sense the way you put them together. So, so, so you know Snoop Dogg? The, the, I'm, I know of him. Doggy Fizzle Television? Uh, he is, uh, he has a game show now. Uh, you, it, it's the Joker's Wild. Oh, the one with, uh, with uh, Bill Cullen. Yeah, yes, yes. The, the, that, that beloved classic. Is, is Bill back? Uh well uh well um, so you know is it like a is it like a double dare thing did he come back as the announcer like the the guy on no, the sideline well, no, that's, no, that no 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 you you get uh you get Snoop Dogg as the host I didn't even know Bill Cullen was still alive this is actually really exciting for me no no I'm, I'm I loved him on Blockbusters no 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 but you should probably buy Bill Cullen's uh biography uh I'm probably the only person who would buy Bill Cullen's biography. There's a book. There's a book out there about Bill Cullen. Adam Dedeff wrote it. It's a great book. 
Uh, it's called Clues Master, had... The Life and Times and Fun and Games of Bill Cullen, available on Amazon or fine books are sold. But no, no, no he died in, in 1990. Um, he, well, that can't be. He was on my television when I was growing up in the 90s. That doesn't make that, any sense, Jordan. Uh, no, no, that was a repeat. A repeat. That was a rerun. Uh, ah. Oh, oh, that reminds me. Uh, it always gives a repeat performance. Rerun. It's the crosser game you played all your life, but never quite like this. So Snoop Dogg, huh? Yeah, Snoop Dogg. He has a Joker's Wild. Uh, and right. uh, and on the show, if some when they win the game, when someone wins the game, it's like the two thousand dollars or the eighteen hundred bucks. He counts out in hundreds, so it's like one, two, three, four, five, six. It actually goes on for. A- a really long oh, time. Oh yeah, but it's like two grand, so he has to cut to like at least twenty. <laughs> twenty hundred. Yeah, <laughs> twenty hundred. That sounds like a snoopism. <laughs> Forty-seven hundred, fifty hundred, whatever. Uh, uh. But but yes, uh, the to you you are proposing Scrabble gets revived. I'm proposing that we bring back Bill Cullen. I think he's just the man for the job. I. I mean... Uh. Got some bad news for you. Uh, I don't know how I got. I don't know how I got so fixated on Bill Cullen. But, I mean, well, he's first of all, he's the he's a Hall of Famer for game show host. I mean, my he fa- just has such a kind grandpa energy. Also, man, he is a snarky son of a bitch, even in the old Price is Right days. <laughs> uh, but for Chuck, I no, I don't think he's going to host if we're doing a no. Scrabble revival. Uh, he, I mean, he's pushing eighty now, right? I, <laughs> Well, I actually do not know Chuck Woolery's age. I could only assume so. I, I would assume so as well. I don't know. Considering his tweets these days, he was born in 41. He was born in 41, so he's 78. You're, you're Okay. So, like, I know he has a lot of previous game show experience and whatever. He has plenty of experience hosting at this point, but... Uh, oh, anyway... Uh, but dude's almost 80. He has, by the way, Chuck Woolery's signature products... He sells fishing rods on Amazon. Oh, I was, I swore you were going to say nutritional supplement. No, close. He also is a sponsor for <laughs> for uh, Australian Dream Arthritis Cream. All right. Oh, my God. And then if you go to bluntforcetruth.com, we can read some of his great uh, lines. You know, we don't have to do that. I think we could just, you know, we you could go back to that other site and read some more Scrabble clues. That would actually be more entertaining, I think. Well, let me just before we get that, to, we we I mean, we'll do, do some we, more clues. Definitely more clues. You know, if we it just it's. But I just want to read this part here because I don't think I'll ever be able to speak about this on any other episode. So, thank you, Hell's Nature Game Shows. <clears throat> Blunt Force Truth trademark colon the show is a podcast for thoughtful, deep thinking people who want more than just sound bites. They want the blunt force truth. <laughs> In recent years, legendary game show host Chuck Woolery has turned his attention to examining current events and politics through his no-nonsense conservative perspective. Legendary. Legendary. Like he's Lincoln Martindale. Like he's Bill Cullen. Uh... Like he's Bob Monkhouse. He has gained a substantial following with his daily radio Blunt Force Truth Minutes, previously titled Save Us Chuck Woolery. Heard over 60 radio stations, various television radio appearances, and on social media platforms. Come sit with me by the campfire. And he's joined children. by Mark Young. Oh, God, no, that wonk. Oh, no. Come sit with me by the campfire, children. I will tell you the legend of Chuck Woolery. Uh, oh, no. Young is the founder and CEO of Jekyll and Hyde Advertising. Why would you name what? yourself after? Oh, never mind. It's like naming your, naming your product Soylent. 
Oh, you know, Soylent, the healthy people. Yeah. Oh, boy, I love weird milk. Delicious. Uh, it's white and chunky. Yum. <laughs> Just what I always wanted in a beverage. Uh, so so your proposal is, is no Chuck, but bring back Scrabble. Do you have anything else you want to change the rules up a bit? Oh, or I mean, I mean, honestly, I... <laughs> The 1987 format is is great, but it that the whole five act structure of it is a bit much, especially like nowadays. Although I don't know, thinking back on it now, the, it's like it's like bite sized segments almost, and I feel like that might appeal to uh to the uh, TV audience in 2019. The YouTube. Uh group people yeah absolutely uh, but who do you get to host this that's the thing so okay so Who's it's on nine letter words. Remember, folks i'll just tell you right now it's nine letter words is the max oh lord so here we go everyone loves the part where i get to talk about how to reboot scrabble right that's the people part people enjoy all right so if they're still listening yeah well they, they have to if they <laughs> want the, the pricing game spotlight and they want to do the lightning round all that other fun stuff so right. here here's how i do the plugs right 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 here's how i do scrabble uh, okay. First of all, Game Show Network is going to be the new home to Scrabble. I don't think this will ever be on syndication anymore. I don't think this will ever be a network anymore. So if you're going to see a network, it'll most likely be GSN. Because of that, that means it's going to probably be hosted by a comedic actor of some kind, like a David Allen Greer or an Alfonso Roberto. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of the tournament structure that they've created... Uh, now it is played as a head-to-head game uh, for, for money, basically. And, and in each game of Scrabble, it's no longer three out of five. It's no longer three out of five. Uh, in this in this exciting new version, uh, they get to basically uh, do the same tile aspect, same discover the words, and there's the same purple and blue bonus. Now here's here's the hook. Here's the big hook. The the purple is worth $200. The blue is worth $100. Solving the okay. word correctly, $300. Whoever gets the most points, at the, most money at the end of, of the time after three acts wins. In round one, it's the one, two, three. In round two, it's the it's the two, four, six. Round three, you got it. Three, six, a thousand. Hmm. We're, we're adding you $100 bonus. Actually, no. You know what? No, never mind. Scrap it. Scrap it. I don't know. That's a lot of that's a lot of bills for uh, David Allen Greer to count out on your uh, on your podium. I mean, yeah, obviously. In the <laughs> event that uh, we are out of time in the round, we yes, we do in, in the lightning round. Yes, there's still the stoppers. So it's one, two, three, two, four, six. Uh, actually, we need to do nine hundred dollars. Do nine hundred dollars. You're right. We should save a hundred bucks. <laughs> we shouldn't make it a thousand. Whoever makes the if it's a tie, if it's a tie. We do one quick speed round to determine who goes on to the final round. In the final round, it is the Scrabble Sprint game. No matter what happens, they get to keep their money no matter what, which will be around $2,000 based on my math. It'd be about two grand if they win the game. A runner's up. Do not get their cash because it's GSN and it's cheap. <laughs> Sorry. They get their like 500 bucks stipend. Uh, and then they get to play on for the final the Scrabble Sprint. In Scrabble Sprint, the new version, they have to get 10 in 60 seconds. If they can, they will win $25,000. Hmm. No, no progressive jackpot, none of that. Just a flat, even 25 grand. Clean. Same rule apply if they buzz it incorrectly to lose 10 seconds. But for every word that they get in the Scrabble Sprint round, it's a lovely $500. So they All can right. get an extra 4500 bucks. 
yeah, all right, I can get behind this. And then if they get all 10, 25,000, just zoom it up. You know, I'm okay with all of these changes, uh, just so long as the uh, writing has oh, no, the no, same... Oh, no, no, we'll still keep the, the double entendres. Has the same we, crisp We're still keeping quality. the great quality puns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, and plus, we are going to uh, modernize it a bit. Uh, uh, I mean, that's what I'm really there for. I certainly wasn't watching for Chuck Willery. Yeah, so so we're going to see things like "It's about you," selfie. That's pretty good. Hey, Jordan, uh, do you uh, do you have any experience writing? Because uh, uh, you know, I know a guy. You do? I don't actually. I don't actually know. I was oh. I was just trying to sound like a big shot. Well, well, uh, well here here you go. Re- ready? They're always flipping the bird. Twitter. Yep. So that's the kind of great quality you can expect on the GSN revival uh, of Scra- uh, uh, Scrabble, hosted by uh, Marlon Wayans. Uh, <laughs> launches in uh, 2022. Uh, right up there with uh, with season three of Caroline and Friends. I. I did. See, I, I made Scrabble. Follow the rule of lingo, but uh, without the lingo balls, just keep doing the puns. Uh, and also, you have to make it a little bit more dramatic with the with the do 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 do. Also, if there's a also if there's a stopper, uh, it has to now have a big red light, like a big bathed in red light feel. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah, you, you need to be on. They they need to the set needs to be one of those classic like modern game show black background, very moody lighting. Yes, and also uh, it's going to be uh, a black background, but it's going to be like the if you see the twenty uh, the new double there, how the background of that's black, but there's these nice it has this nice marble grid in the background. You can do something mm. like that too; it works. Uh, also, uh, it's it's about maybe like three three words around, so it's at most you know maybe a three thousand bucks given away in the front game. Yeah, sure, that's yeah. fine. It's still not chump change. It is. And remember, it's only if someone aces the entire game. <laughs> sure. And I think you need to have that great quality of the puns. You need to have... Uh, oh, oh uh, here you go. Here here you go. Here's a great... Uh, here's a great one. Oh, no. Uh, she'll say, uh, see you later. Avril? Chandelier! I don't think that's nine letters, but... See ya. See you later. See ya, the musician. S I A. Sorry, that's a modern music reference that I don't get. Oh, kids love that. See ya. Hello there, fellow kids. Let me tell you about BTS. <laughs> They're uh, Korean. Yes, you did. It. Yes, they are. Good. Now that we learned a lot about uh, K-pop, we learned about Chuck Woolery being awful. Uh, the main takeaway of Scrabble is it needs to have puns and it needs to be. A bunch of wordplay, and I think if it's anything's going to work, it'll be on GSN, where you can easily display the words and show it graphics and just have people shout at the screen. Yeah, I mean that that's that's one of the best qualities of the uh, the eighties and and the nineties version of the Scrabble TV show. Oh yeah, I should probably the, point uh, out the... uh, it's not in addition to. I should I should probably put that in my rule sheet because I had a rule sheet in this. Uh, when you get the word correctly on the pink or the blue, it's not in addition to. So if it's on the blue, it's two hundred dollars. If it's on the pink, it's worth three hundred dollars. If you just get the word on its own, it's a hundred bucks. So, okay. So, so that so just so, just so we're clarifying so that. Still an, so there's still an incentive for buzzing in with the bonus letters. Yes, because it's it's double the money, the double the right. value of the word or triple the value of the word, double value, triple value, like Scrabble. 
All right. Well, I, you know what I think I need is is one more of those great Scrabble clues. If you if you have any more. Okay. Uh, do what like a modernized one or okay. You, okay, you know, okay, just okay. whatever you have okay. laying around. Okay. He's always a truth teller, Chuck. I think I like Scrabble less now. But you know what? You might like this game more. We have a lightning round, Adam. A lightning round. So in the icon of the show, you know we have five questions, and each question has a trivia question associated with it. For every question you get right, you get one free plug. Get all five right. That's five free plugs. Plug anything you want. Anything. All right, then. Anything. Anything. All right. Do you want to play? <sighs> I think I'm ready. All right. Then let's dim the lights and put 60 seconds on the clock. Give me a word that rhymes with lunch. Oh. What's your favorite Mega Man villain? Uh, Dr. Wily. Why do they call it the Stopper? Mm. It was an it was a red octagon. It looked like a stop. It looks a stop sign. Spell guilty. Um. Are there lifelines in this game? Spell guilty. Time is ticking. Uh, Jif. G? G. U I L T Y. What is the best animated video game television show? Oh, man. <laughs> um, you know, I think Street Fighter is probably it. Done. We gave you five. You did. Five. You did it. There, celebrate. I'm still alive. You won. I'm still alive. You won. You got five. Time was ticking. What's your five? <laughs> oh boy. Um. All right. Well, you uh you did bring it up earlier. Uh. So I'll go ahead and plug uh a Twitter account I run. Uh. It's called uh, Super Fun Tune Screens, or uh you can uh, find it on Twitter at uh at SF Tune Screens. Uh. And uh, we we look back at old uh, cartoons, particularly uh, video game based cartoons uh, from the eighties and the nineties and the uh, and the aughts. I don't think we've had anything from the aughts yet, but uh, we look back at these cartoons. Uh, we post uh, funny screenshots and and videos from them. Uh, these uh, these things were these things roughly put together. Uh, by people who barely knew what they were doing, it seems like sometimes. Uh, so that that's there if you want to follow uh, SF Tune Screens on Twitter. Uh, things to see in your feed. Uh, there's that. Uh, I also coincidentally uh, have a uh, a podcast. Um, I say I say have. I should say had. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I had a podcast called Wordplay. In fact, uh, but it was spelled really weird because uh, I hate. Uh, search engine optimization, I guess. Good uh, idea. It's, yeah, thanks. Uh, it really helped with our subscriber count. Uh, it's uh, Wordplay is uh, spelled O-U-E-R-D-P-L-A-I-T. Um, and it's, uh, it's a game show where uh, I sat around the table with uh, three other people and I made up a bunch of word puzzles and uh, they, uh, they try and figure them out. Um, How does it compare I, to Scrabble? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, not as good in that I had no team of writers to work with, uh, but the puns are about on par, I'd say. 
Um, so if, if you'd like that, uh, you can find that at uh, wordplay.tumblr.com. That's O-U-E-R-D-P-L-A-I-T dot tumblr.com. Um, the, uh, the show is on hiatus now, I should say. Also, uh, I meant to put out the last episode of it on like Halloween of this past year, but I just never got around to it. What can I say? I have a uh, little trouble letting go. Um, other than that, I don't really have anything else personally, so I guess I'll tag uh, some friends of mine. I, I, I like, uh, if you're into game shows, you probably like video games also. Um, I happen to be a big fan of the Mega Man series, uh, and uh, I know these guys on YouTube. Uh, their uh, YouTube channel is youtube.com slash gigaboots. Uh, that's G-I-G-A-B-O-O-T-S. Uh, and they do a lot of Mega Man streaming. Um, they have a, a love for retro games and, um, yeah, go check them out. I, I have two slots left and I have no idea what to do with them. So, uh, can I just, what, what do I do with these? Do I they mean, go to charity or do I get a, a gift certificate from, yeah, uh, yeah. The, 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 uh, service merchandise catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Service merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. We could give you service merchandise catalog. I, I could throw the two ready, uh, follow I'm ready. you here. You want me to want me to take them and, and throw however I choose. Yeah, sure. You, I trust you. Do you trust me enough? Here you go. Uh, first, personal Twitter. L. Adam I, Bell. I mean, I guess I could have mentioned that. L. Adam Bell. <laughs> L. Adam Bell on Twitter. Yes, that's me. Um, if you'd like to follow me for more bad puns or, uh, you know, more left-wing ranting and or retweets. And, and finally, finally, just because I feel like it's necessary here, uh, we also need to promote... Uh, the i would say i was i would you say i would do the your your should i do your production reel should we just give you your production reel in case anyone needs to hire you for creo services <laughs> i don't i don't think anyone listening to the show needs to see my i don't know you know it's up on youtube sure why not <laughs> yeah in, in in my day job i should i guess i should preface in my day job uh, i work for a uh, local tv news station and i put together promotional stuff uh, that runs on the air here uh, for the station itself and sometimes for clients and other nonprofit organizations, that kind of thing. Uh, so if you want to see any of that silly stuff that I made uh, to run on TV for whoever still watches TV, uh, then yeah, sure. Hey, this is Chuck Woolery. Shout outs to people on Channel 5. Thanks for watching Scrabble. That's what I meant to do. I meant to use one of my plugs to, <laughs> to plug my very good friend Chuck Woolery's show. No, we're not. <laughs> the, we blunt, the Blunt Force Truth podcast is the place where you need to go for the honest rundown oh, on oh, today's news. Oh. And, uh, you know, it's, it's this great... He's very charming. If you like Scrabble, there's a great oh, chance you'll... I'm hearing... Is, it, is there some kind of there's some kind of feedback on the... No, no, we're fine. We're fine. We're good. Jordan? Everything's peachy keen. No, no, no issues here. Nothing bad. <laughs> well, anyway, don't, 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 don't do. Good. There's a lot better podcasts out there. <laughs> this one, for example. Yes, this is the only uh, political game show podcast out there. I've listened to Blunt Force Truth. Now I don't know and about this. Is you. a much better podcast. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. That's good. That's the name of you know what? That that's it. We uh, hey Chuck. <laughs> We're going to get you in the chewing tobacco business. <laughs> and it's called Chuck Woolery's I Don't Know About Chew. It, it, it's 
See what's the, see you're you're because he's an old timey. It's like a it's he, like a chewing tobacco of the month. It's like a, it's like one of the boxes, like a loot crate or something. Oh well, close close. See see what see he's an old timey guy. So he's one. He's not a vapor. He he's definitely a chewy tobacco guy. If he's going to do the, the oh, tobacco. are you, are you kidding me? Chuck Woolery is completely straight edge. Oh no 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 no! I have you seen <laughs> what he does backstage on some of these shows? Really. No. Literally all I know about Chuck Woolery is what I know from Scrabble and that he also licked his fingers every time he spun the wheel in Wheel of Fortune. Oh, yes. That good luck lick of the thumb. <laughs> and and, and uh, so he, so here for Chuck Woolery's I don't know about chew. We're putting in chewing tobacco with the new idea of, 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 of vapes because, you know, vapes of all bunch of fruity flavors. So what if we combine chewing tobacco with Starburst candy? To create the new and improved Chuck Woolery's I Don't Know About You. It sounds like what you're describing is Starburst candy mixed with, like, bagged salad. Yes. Which yes, sounds incredible. Yes, and it definitely will make people vomit, but Chuck Woolery will lend his name on it. He doesn't give a shit anymore. Bill Langville stole his job. Pat Sajak stole his job. Everyone's you, you out to f- get him. I'm pretty sure he said some gay slurs when he found out Andy Cohen had love connections. Anyway, you can find Chuck Chu at your uh, favorite neighborhood right-wing organic market. Uh, you can go uh, check it out at your local gun store. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it here. Thank you so much for stopping by, Adam. Well, thank you for having me on. <laughs> thank you so much, Adam. Oh, Jesus, this game just... This game broke me. This game, I, I don't know what it is, but it just, it, it destroyed me. It destroyed, destroyed me mentally. Just these really bad uh, clues. But uh, if it's anything, uh, the, the board game's a success. Uh, it was in the National Toy Hall of Fame in 2004. Uh, also, I think it's one of the few game shows i could think of off the top of my head that had a game show host week i know card sharks did one i know this did one and i think there is only like a couple left other than that like the like a hollywood squares uh the one thing i forgot to bring up is the idea of these chuck bucks so when someone wins the 500 dollars or 1000 dollars bonuses on scrabble he would bring out this play money. I thought it was originally real money, but no. It is blue fake dollars with Chuck's face on it called Chuck Bucks. Chuck Bucks. I don't know what you can redeem Chuck Bucks for, to be honest. Uh, patriotism, I guess, because that's his new brand? I I don't know. But for the for the blue ones, because it's 500 bucks, you get five $100. And they were all laid out to you. And then, of course, because it's 1000 uh, in the pink, there were pink Chuck Bucks, five hundred, uh, uh, ten of those at one hundred each for the thousand. Because, as you know, you can't really just hand over real money on a game show, because you have to have it in one big check, so you can get a big tax thingamajig in the mail when you're done. So that's the fun part of Scrabble, isn't that great, folks? Scrabble. The game, the crossword game you played all your life, but never quite like this. So I leave you with this fun clue. Five letters. They are often tagged. They are often tagged. 
Price, P-R-I-C-E. That's that's the correct answer, because it's time for the pricing game spotlight. <laughs> Telephone game. November 1st, 1978, tape number 3013D. Finale date, November 29th, 1978, 3053D. Yep, it's a stinker. Telephone Game was one of the only two pricing games in which winning all the announced prices was not possible. Not including small prices or cash consolation prices, but players playing this were guaranteed at least one prize. The other one is, of course, the very first one we played, any number. Note this is no connection with the future game called the Phone Home Game. That's a little bit later. So if you've never seen this pricing game, and odds are you haven't, because boy howdy does this one suck. Uh, let me tell you how it worked. Uh, a contestant was given $1 credit and was shown four grocery items. They then used that credit to select two of those four grocery products, and their prices were deducted from the dollar. The contestant had to retain a dime to use the game's paid telephone. If they spent more than 90 cents, the game ended and the contestant won nothing. Otherwise, the contestant was given the dime and taken to the telephone. They were shown a phone book showing three large, unlabeled four-digit price numbers. Each number corresponded with one of the prizes. One was the price in dollars. The others were represented in prices of the two small prices in dollars and cents. A decimal point would be in the middle of the four digits. What a sneaky maneuver. The contestant selected one of those numbers and used the dime to call the number. Each prize had a telephone sitting next to it. The phone next to the prize, whose price was dialed, rang, and it was answered by a model. The contestant won that prize. Telephone game was retired after only three playings. Only three. Three of them. It sucked not once, not twice, three times. Making it the second shortest-lived pricing game after our good buddy, Professor Price. Ugh. According to former producer Roger Goblitz, happy birthday, Roger. Uh, the game was called Lame. The game's final playing on November 29th, 1978 was its only win. A guy by the name of Jose. Congratulations, Jose, on your winner. Uh, so, uh, just to sum it up, because I think people might have been confused by what the hell this game is. So it's played in two parts. To win the right to play the car, you have to pick two of the four grocery items that when combined is about 90 cents. So that's like, uh, did you get that? You get the dime, you drop the dime in the phone, and you have a one in three shot to win the car. So to win the game, you have to do right in the grocery items and then right in the correct selection of the car, which is a one in three shot. The other two are just like those, like, because at the time this was $4,000 cars. So this was like a popcorn popper or, or a crock pot kind of thing so i'm trying to like present this as a modern day game because if it's like twenty-two thousand for a car these days or twenty-four thousand, it's like you get something that's 220 bucks or 240 bucks so it's you're playing for like a keurig coffee maker or you're playing for 
a, a grill or something. I don't know. This is just not a good game. I have seen it be played. It is just... I can't, I can't, it's hard to come up with words. Professor Price, the problem was it's trivia and it's yes-no. This was... I think two games put into one. I do like the idea of grocery items and you have to buy like two or three to get to the to win the prize. I think that was a nice novel idea. But I think that would work better as a like as a like, kind of like shopping spree or credit card. Like if you just do credit card both grocery items, this would be a fun game. But this is is just like this plus an ABC game that's a puzzle. I think this is like two pricing games in one, and they do not know if this is a grocery item game or a card game or both. But it was pretty bad. Like I, I see what they were trying to go with this, but I I I don't know what to say other than this is just a wreck of a pricing game, and I'm glad it got canceled after three. I don't normally say that. But for a game called Telephone Game, you, you had to do two parts to win a car. Why not just give them the phone and then have it be like, call the right number and the correct items are in the price of like the grocery item and a slow cooker or something. Like uh, if you, it's the, it's the price in cents and the price in dollars of four of these items you have two grocery items and two of these uh, things in bucks so it's rounded up so 44 and like 34 or or grocery item because at the time it's like 20 cents or 53 cents or something i this just kind of just was a wreck i can't see how to reboot this i can't see how they can fix this this is just kind of a split the game into two that's the only way i could have seen it so make it a bigger phone book and one chance, or you make it uh, spend this spend like two dollars and buy three of the five items on the shelf, and then you win the, a, a vacation or something. Because the way it was, I just could not get interested in this, and it's such a disappointment this is such a letdown this is this this episode has been full of ups and downs and i don't think there's been a lot of ups other than just the fun of talking to my friend adam but uh this it, it, this was not this was not a good uh pricing game to discuss there's not a lot because only three episodes uh the telephone was blue uh it was a giant rotary phone so they had to keep doing the circle-y thing Remember rotary phones, folks? Hey, kids, if you don't know what a rotary phone is, talk to your parents. Maybe they remember what they looked like. Uh, but it's a disaster. But luckily, next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we'll be taking a look at Penny Ante. Tonight. The battle for America's number one food family kicks off. Welcome to Family Food Fight. So I I didn't get to review this yet this, this summer. We have a lot of game shows this summer I forgot to review. So I'm going to take a time to spend the rest of the summer uh, just doing my final reviews and evaluations on some of these shows. 
Uh, we talked about Holy Moly. We talked about Spin the Wheel. We talked about Card Sharks. We talked about Press Your Luck. So many different game shows in one course of a summer. And I'm so blessed to be talking about all this because summer is now my favorite season. People know I love summer because hot weather, ice cream trucks, going to the beach, getting in the convertible, singing I Love L.A., and then I Love Hollywood, the theme the Hollywood Squares in the 90s, the Tom Bergeron, Whoopi Goldberg edition. Not, not Square Biz, but the, but that's a close second. The, this is the, the weather where it's the Summer of Secrets on Big Brother and so many experimental shows. I love it a lot. So every once in a while, I got to just give it a go and try new shows. And I like doing that so much. That's why I decided I'm going to spend a bit of time watching that new show, Family Food Fight, because I saw it right after Holy Moly. And Holy Moly has this cold phenomenon. A lot of people in the world of sports love the show because of Steph Curry. Some people who are nostalgic for Wipeout also enjoy that show. I still think it's a bit repetitive now because of the holes. I've already seen the wipeouts a few times. It's kind of just, oh, they fell in the water. Okay. But Rob Riggle is still great, and Joe is also a good host. But I decided to stay a bit after and watch that show hosted by Steph Curry's wife, Aisha Curry, called Family Food Fight. Family Food Fight is a spinoff of the Australian game show called Family Food Fight, in which eight teams made up of family members compete against each other to see which family reigns supreme in what essentially is family master chef that's about it it's it's basically a cooking competition show where people make dishes and then every week someone goes home until one is left standing uh it's really tough to kind of explain in full like every one of these contestants but um, Aisha Curry's a judge, Kat Cora, which is one of my favorite Iron Chefs, is a judge, and Graham Elliott, who I remember from MasterChef, I guess uh, betrayed everybody and became the new judge for Family Food Fight. Uh, I'm going to say it right now. I like the judges. I think Kat Cora is great, and Graham is great, and Aisha Curry is energetic and fun. I think that is kind of all you can go with when it comes to a food cooking show. However, and this is the big however, I find the show very, very, very boring. Uh, it does nothing to excite me to watch compared to, say, The Great British Bake Off. Unlike, um, say, MasterChef, where it's an individual game, this is played with families, and they don't really uh get along that much and they really want that to be a conflict because because it's a team game they all shout at each other and you see breakdowns in the kitchens with everybody doing everything at once so maybe it's trying to be like a too many cooks spoiled the broth kind of situation here uh the grand prize is uh 100 grand by the way uh so that's kind of like at least more than some like food network shows but when i watch this it got me feeling like this is a food network show not network television food cooking show i and plus there were so many different food cooking shows recently i remember there was one uh called food fight i think it was called i don't know if it's called family food fighters food and it was essentially just I know it's called Food Fighters. Food Fighters. I just drew a blank. Food Fight is, I believe, Andy Richter's celebrity 
is Hollywood Game Off ripoff on Food Network. Food Fighters was Adam Adam Richmond from Man vs. Food, and it was, can you compete against a chef and make dishes and win money for every battle? This is somewhat like that, but with teams. And there is, it's, it's played in different groups. There is, uh, it, there's the challenge group, and whoever wins that is immune from elimination. Uh, then there is a, an elimination challenge where someone gets eliminated. And it's all different kinds of food competitions. So one's breakfast, one is picnic, one, and it just keeps going from there. And it's just like, I'm guessing the idea is supposed to be things that you eat together as a family because these are all family dishes and you're supposed to tell stories about these dishes that you've made and i think that is a good appeal in theory of a cooking show like this however in its execution and in the form of this cooking competition show you don't really root for for that many people and i look at this and i think Oh, this is just... It's a very big letdown of a show. I found the show to be boring. It never really inspired me to go cook. It doesn't inspire me to try new recipes. And it's not the fault of the casting, and it's not the fault of the contestants. It's the overall presentation of it all. This seems to be wanting to be as soft as the Great British Bake Off, or I guess the Great American Baking Show, or whatever they want to call it. But they still want the edge of MasterChef, and they still want the shock appeal of some of these cooking shows that you see on Food Network. And it just dulls me. I would rather watch a MasterChef, because at least there's more technique, there's more technicality. It's more amateur chefs showing what they're capable of. This is all just families who have some to no food experience. Um... I think they really wanted to have, like, here's the the big chef, here's the kid chef, and everyone gets along, and we all get to show off these cool dishes. But it just is a... It's just a show I just can't, like, enjoy for more than one episode, unfortunately. If it was me... I would have made this, like, a tournament-style show. Like, it's like like a 16-team bracket, and every week it's two teams... And they all get to compete against each other to make the best dishes. And whoever gets the most points by the team of judges advances into the final round when the winner gets the hundred grand. A bracket style might have worked better than trying to just put everybody at once in this weird tournament structure. Uh, this also needs to have something that's more flavorful. I, 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 what I would have rather seen is because of the backgrounds of these people, because you have the big Italian family, you have the the modern Muslim American family, you have all of these families that come from their either very stereotypical parts of the country to those that are very, very familiar with a lot of fusion foods, you need to make sure that they just celebrate their savory dish. Like, it should be Here's the dish that represents us. It's our dish versus their dish. Who wins? And with the dishes that they present themselves, you're you're getting like a very half-assed story on why this is an important dish in their family because it tells me that's not necessarily their signature dish. And to me, I think if you're trying to do a cooking show that's based on family, that's trying to bring families together, I don't think you need to try and do Great British 
Bake Off, I think you need to look at things like the Great Christmas Light Fight. You need to tell the story of the family and then have it be a one-dish challenge. That, to me, screams a much better show to me and is going to try and promote families getting together and making that one signature dish, the, the, the down-home recipe that's been passed from generations to generations, the Southern Comfort Food, the big Texas beef, whatever works. Because the one that I see, it's not that at all. And I wish it could have gone better. I love and respect all of those people on the show. But this just kind of tanks. And I know it could get better. My final review for Family Food Fight is a solid D for disaster. Or delicious. Or dinner. And that is going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join me next Wednesday for another brand new episode with another brand new game show. Be sure to leave the comment on iTunes. Let me know about your favorite game shows. We'll look into that for future episodes. Uh, If you want to listen to other episodes of this, this is a podcast. After all, you can just refresh the RSS. There's lots of episodes available, but there's also more at jordanhaas.com slash podcast if you want to listen to more episodes that way. We are available on Apple iTunes. We're on Spotify. We are available on Google Play and much more. Uh, if you want to contact me and say hello, I'm on Twitter at jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. You can always just send me an email at jordanhaas.com. Uh, There's a little contact form there, and I love to, to get to know you more. Uh, Thank you all so much for encouraging words. Let me continue this. And I hope that we continue this next week with another weird game show that is in my collection of weird game shows to talk about. Until then, we love you all. And and six letters. A long kiss goodbye. It's smooch. It's the crosser game you played all your life but never quite like this. Scrabble. Oh, anyway, big smooch. Mwah!